Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the Money in the Bank Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture. Look ahead to this weekend's Money in the Bank premium live events. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a big quiz, of course on Wrestle Culture. As I said, they're joined by Sidgwick's look ahead to Money in the Bank this weekend, Saturday night. Make sure you mark it in your diaries. At uh, a time of recording, just six matches on the card, Sidge. But I have to say, this is one of my favorite premium live events of the year. It probably goes WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, Money in the Bank. I adore, not necessarily this pay-per-view, but this match type. Um, and it's so unpredictable this year. I think there's some obvious contenders but as with every year, like bloody Nikki A.S.H. won it last year. Uh, Otis won it two years ago, whenever it was. You can't call it. Yeah, those aren't necessarily good things, but this year, <laughs> yes. this year it should be different. Um, I'm inclined to agree as much as I hold a general disdain towards WWE's creative product, which has never felt more bland to me. Like, ever, ever mm. felt more bland. It's just... Now what happens on these shows, it's not even perversely entertaining, and I'm just completely bored, uh, rigid by it. But, like, it's not uniformly terrible or awful. There are wrestlers in these matches that are over, um, that have a connection with the crowd, who are incredibly talented, and who are sort of not absolutely telegraphed as the winner. And I'll tell you one thing. I, I'm not looking forward to most of this card, Um and I don't want to say that, oh, every woman's Money in the Bank ladder match is bad. I do think, in particular, the men's, particularly last year, was awesome. Yeah. And WWE has got a almost guaranteed men's Money in the Bank ladder match in their locker every year, with the ridiculous exception of 2020, that is within the four to four and a half star range. Mm-hmm. And even with the inclusion of Amos, who I expect they will treat very carefully and sparingly in this match, I think this one should be no different at all. Um, last year's Money in the Bank match, 
with Ricochet, Morrison, I think McIntyre was in it. Who actually won it? Big E. Big E. That match was absolutely positively. I rewatched that before this week. Awesome. Yeah. It was great. I distinctly remember watching it, and Ricochet was doing stuff that he would do in PWG. In fact, no, he was doing stuff that Nick Jackson would do in PWG, <laughs> as he did in 2012, and he kind of ripped off his spot. But still, it's an awesome spot. Why mm-hmm. not rip it off? Especially when hardly any WWE fans have seen PWG. And I distinctly remember just feeling great about the match, how well it was constructed. So much so, right, that every time I watched an AEW multi-man ladder match, I'm thinking, why can't you get this right like WWE can? Yes. When you are more willing to lay out violent spots, you're more willing to listen to wrestlers pitch violent spots. Um, The talent involved in these matches is invariably absolutely incredible. Like the WWE Men's Money in the Bank ladder match last year, was way better than the face of the Revolution ladder match at Revolution I agree. this year. Um, they just na- they've nailed it. Maybe it's because they've been doing them every year for however long, and they're just really sort of honed and practiced and just excellent at laying these things out, and they've just got a formula down pat. It never feels like a formula. Mm. It's obviously certain, like the suspended ladder. There's, a, there's always certain things that always happen, but they always manage to put tweaks on them. They've just got this great um, framework is what I'm after here. A good framework to get these matches right, and I expect this one to be no different. Yeah, really, like I say, really stacked. I'd say the women's is arguably the most stacked it's been in terms of contenders and stars. You know, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Becky Lynch, Liv Morgan there. You've got Raquel Rodriguez, who's just coming up. You've obviously got, they're getting behind Lacey Evans, um... And Shotzi there to do some mad spot, no doubt, as we've pitched from the moment her name's been linked to this. Uh, the men's match, at time of recording anyway, Seth freaking Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, Omos, Sami Zayn, Riddle, and TBD. It was obviously going to be the Kevin Owens, uh, Ezekiel, Elrod bloody match on uh, on Raw, but I believe Owens is carrying an injury, so we're not really going to speculate too much on that. And we'll get back to these Money in the Bank matches because they're my favourite thing, so I'm going to save them till the end. Let's run through the title matches first, though, Sige. Uh, a couple of them I'm pitching potential surprises. The first one, one I really hope you say yes to, but I feel like you won't, is Bianca Belair versus Carmella because there has been whispers of a Bailey return for many a time. It just uh, The only reason I say that, no offence to Carmella, former world champion, I could read off her Wikipedia page like they do on Bloody Monday Night Raw and SmackDown every week, but I don't feel like Bianca Belair's title's under threat if it's Carmella challenging for the Raw Women's Championship. Any chance Bailey makes a return here? Uh, I don't know. It feels like she's been ready for quite some time. She's been um, offering various clues on social media, like sort of, no context pictures of a wrestling boots, you know, the usual carny wrestler deal when they want to <laughs> sort of generate some hype ahead of a, a return or whatever. And potentially, I think Meltzer's report for quite some time. This is it's one of those things. The actual TV will be boring. The idea of it is boring and over-familiar. Um, but the match itself, when it happens, will be great because it was absolutely fantastic at WrestleMania. But he reckons that the plan has been for Becky Lynch to work Bianca Belair. And they've... Um, Avoided doing it on TV recently, and they've avoided doing it this pay-per-view because they want to save it for the stadium and to make SummerSlam feel as big as it could possibly be. Um, but I don't see why, unless she's obviously not ready, um, that Bailey can't do it. She's a ready-made babyface returning. It happens. You could be the most despicable arsehole. You could say that the fans are 
just absolute idiotic products of incest on the last time that you <laughs> appeared in front of them, right? And if you happen to get an injury and then return between 9 and 18 months, you'll be greeted as a returning hero with the idea being, oh, I forgot how boring you were as everyone is on television because you haven't been on it. Therefore, I have in my head conjured a sort of mythical image of this wrestler because I didn't live through their experience of being a character on the Wretched TV program week to week to goddamn <laughs> yes. week. So they always get over. Um, so Bailey could feud against anyone. Um, you don't really necessarily have to have a complex character. You could just batter a newly surgically repaired um, knee, I think it is. And she could sell it brilliantly because she's an absolutely incredible baby face. And that's how you get the heat in her matches. Like it just, she's such a fundamentally good wrestler and easy character to book that they should absolutely plug her in wherever possible. Maybe it's tonight. Uh, maybe it's Saturday. Um, who the hell knows? Yeah, it's one of those because because obviously they were meant to face each other at last year's Money in the Bank with Belair as champion. And you've got a bit of history there, of course, with Becky attacking Carmella at SummerSlam, blah, blah, blah. Like I, I don't want to go over old ground. but the, um, the issue here, though, with this particular... I'd like to see Bailey return, just not in the post-match of this, because if she challenges Bianca Belair, unless they do an all-babyface feud, then that means that they're going to just sort of preserve the Bailey character from 2021. And quite frankly, it was disgusting. It was terrible... Um, it was. It run its course without question. It made my balls hurt. <laughs> That's how cringeworthy it was. It legitimately made me like a bone deep cringe, vicarious humiliation. Um, her laughing gimmick. Remember when she was um, appeared on every LED screen? I made me think. I don't. Oh, I'm going to miss when the Thunderdome's gone when they did. Someone that. in the YouTube comments did, in fact, say that <laughs> it's going to be bad when fans return. Right, remember Anarchy in the Arena? Yeah. Remember Forbidden Door? Remember Wheeler Utah rocking Chris Jericho with like seven consecutive German suplexes in the first minute of that match, which is the first match on the main show, and he got a standing ovation from like, what, 18,000 or 16,000 people in the United Center? And it was like the hottest thing you've ever seen. No, 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 no. Instead of that, mm. right, instead of that, why don't we have no fans forever so Bailey can go, ah! on about a million LED screens and it being the most cringeworthy, poorly acted, stupid, Wicked Witch of the West bollocks, right? Mm. Get rid of that character forever. Never do it again. Yeah. Make Bailey Ricky the Dragon goddamn steamboat, right? And then have a feud with heels and not be hanged up a Yes, I agree. But I, I think... If there's no Bailey either before or even taking Carmella's spot, I think if it's just Bianca Belair versus Carmella, then no question. There's Bianca no Bella question. Um, there's no real drama ahead of the match, but genuinely, I think Carmella's solely underrated in the ring. I don't know if the memories of the Sasha Banks series being a massive over delivery triumph um, are clouding my assessment, given that she's worked several matches before and after that I wasn't particularly impressed by. So maybe it was just the dance partner she was in with, but she's got like an attitude in there, a fire in there, like a personality that she's able to project, like a really loathsome like cackle, which is better than Bailey's goddamn cackle. Um, so yeah, I think what's going on, my prediction here is that Carmella loses a match that is way better than has any right to be or way better than anyone expects it to be. And then she's doing some stuff about Corey Graves' goddamn cack um, <laughs> in the next couple of months. And 
the memories of people thinking, you know what, Carmella can actually go. She deserves to have a proper run at it. Will completely disappear, but she'll always have this match. For a match that, like I say, is, is blatantly obvious which way it's going to go, in my opinion, I do have the finish that might actually get a bit of attention. What's the... Is it Code of Silence or something? The, the, the one where she lap, wraps her leg around yeah, someone's head? Yeah, the glee that she exudes when she has this submission is like, I'm going to win, and it feels like she's really immersed in that yeah. character. I think she's class. So have her do that, and because Bianca Belair is a freak, pick her up in KOD. Midway, yeah. as she's doing it, just because she's great, and yeah, on to the next for, for Bianca Belair's Raw Women's Champion. On to Be- Becky Lynch. Jesus, yeah. I thought that was next. Not <laughs> last. Smackdown at women's title oh my now. God, this goddamn feud. Who is going to make who submit? Is it going to be... The former UFC women's champion who armbarred pretty much everyone in the division back in her day, or Natty's crying again, Natalia. Well, Natalia should probably learn how to do the sharpshooter before she um, <laughs> engages in combat with the most famous female combat athlete on um, the face of the planet and indeed the history of the planet. See SmackDown last week. Natty threw a stroller at Ronda Rousey. So Natty threw a stroller at Ronda Rousey. She did a good job of sending up the makeup, right? So good, in fact, that they should probably think, you know what, let's just have Ronda Rousey look recognisable, considering that's the whole f***ing point (laughs) of having a recognisable celebrity who's also a really good wrestler. Maybe make her recognisable? Yep. Oh, my God. Natty, um, let's just... Say how it is. She's funnier and weirder and more engaging on social media than she is on WWE TV. Yes. You can extrapolate that and apply it to literally everyone in that company. Um, she had very poor comic timing. Um, it wasn't a good segment at all. And the idea of a pram being a foreign object capable of incapacitating Ronda Rousey is amusing in sort of a way that didn't get heat at all. And as embarrassing as... Natty trying to be funny, right, was Ronda Rousey trying to cut a promo was, like, even more risible. Yeah, like, my God, she just speaks, like... The worst thing about Ronda Rousey, right, is even when she wasn't particularly confident about speaking, I think there is actually a really good IRL reason for that, even though she's a dick in other areas of her life. I would prefer someone who doesn't really have perfect fluid control over the way in which they like speak publicly um someone who stutters a little bit someone who doesn't feel that comfortable in their own skin when they're trying to read a promo just be themselves and feel organic and authentic ronda rousey has quietly quote-unquote mastered how to fluidly speak in wwe promo speak and it is just death it is just death and her attempts at like a caustic wit and a put down are just terrible Absolutely terrible. Every single segment of television she has been in upon her return has been cringeworthy. The only good thing she's done is had that match with Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania Backlash, yeah. which is genuinely class. Um, otherwise, whenever I see her on TV, I'm watching someone very clearly trying and not doing a very good job at performing. Doesn't feel real. Doesn't feel like there's any tension there. Uh, lines. What was her? Shotzi Nazi? What was it? Uh, do you want a title, Shotzi? Or do we think should we give her a title, Shotzi? It's just Shotzi Blackheart. It was bad. I've wiped the rest of that promo from my memory for that like exact reason. When she tries to be funny, it's horrendous. When she tries to be intimidating, it's like, 
came here to do two things. Chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble gum. Keep it economic. Right? Yeah. Keep it simple. I'm going to eviscerate your ligaments and mm-hmm. then shut your mouth. Shut, shut your mouth. <laughs> That's it. You, you, you're meant to be like, like few words. Actions speak louder than exactly. words. Exactly. Um, her words are worse than mine. So what I'm pitching for this. 10-minute rubbish match featuring someone who's had more than enough opportunities. Don't like more than enough, Natalia. I'm sick of you. Have a 10 second match. Yeah, just do that. Like Ronda Rousey. I I was a UFC fan back in the day when she was fighting, and it reminded me of when you hear the people tell the stories about when they used to watch Mike Tyson back in the day. Where you get all your mates round, you'd all chip in a bit of money, you put the pay per view on Mike Tyson, and you'd go, right, no one goes for a piss because this isn't going out the first round. Same thing would happen with her. The thi- I remember watching it after a while and someone going, you know, she arm bars everyone. And you're like, okay, well, the one thing you do when you go into a fight with Ronda Rousey is make sure you don't get arm barred and then maybe you'll get out of the first round. And she just judo throw people, dump them on their head and suddenly you're in an arm bar and it's 30 seconds in and, and even UFC four, uh, five minute rounds, that's it, it's game over. Have this happen here. It's how you're all talk and then she comes in, she's like, oh, I'm going to get you, Ronda don't need to go back and forth. It's Natalia. I'm never going to buy her as a title challenger or a champion it's, again. Just smash through her. It just embodies how bland this company is. The fact that she's in another pay-per-view main event. It's been 10 years, 10 friggin' years of Natalia. Build someone new. Make someone interesting. Oh, my God. My God, it's so bland. It's so chronically bland, this company. It's, I've never known it in my six years of what culture. <laughs> and I know the existence of AEW has kind of split the conversation <coughs> and split fans into different camps. And the tribalism thing has become so old at this point that I don't think anyone could be asked with that either. So I think at this point, at least on my timeline, like the people who just like wrestling talk mostly about AEW and like the people who like WWE, I don't follow them. <laughs> yeah. And the, the streams don't seem to cross. I think the latest attempt at some kind of culture war was like hugging. It's like, it's like, no, one, no one really gave a toss, right? I've never in my six years, that again, I know the conversation around WWE is focused. The people used to talk about it because they just want to be amongst it. That's what people want to be on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, amongst it. it in the conversation, like connected to current events in their chosen field of interest their hobby and i know that AEW's just completely shifted any talk of wwe and again it's skewed by my own configuration of my timeline but there's never been less to talk about since i started here at what culture being a full-time wrestling content producer for six years right 2016 to 2022 2016 like it just felt big not like actually big but just felt like the focal point of conversation Mm -hmm. Something like the Jinder Mahal thing in 2017 just completely shocked the world. Like, Ronda being in WWE shocked the world. Fast forward four years later, she's just there doing crap with Natalia, who's been there 10 years. No one talks about it other than the ultra-deranged stands in their own weird circles on Twitter. And my God, it's because of putting Natalia in main events or big women's title matches for 10 years. It's not as if it's like, she's that awesome in the ring. She's an absolute three-star general. She had a four-star match once in NXT. Everything else, mm. I've been impressed by her once. Never been electrified by Natalia or so impressed by Natalia. Or She's a three-star wrestler working 10 years. 
God damn it, it's so boring. You know, you're not bored. You're bored watching this. Oh, 100%. Like, I, I, it's, it's one of those ones where you can just see the, see the why, as I think is the phrase, where you're like, right, we want to do a big match for Ronda, but SummerSlam's the end of this month, so we need a, a placeholder. That placeholder is Natalia. So dull. What's same the, what's same the, with Carmella. Like, I'm, at least I'm happy with the Carmella replacing Rhea Ripley. I'm like, well, at least we'll get a finish, because I wasn't convinced we'd get a finish for, for Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, because that's... That's a top, a main big four pay per view match. So they'd have probably gone to a DQ, a bloody count out, and gone, let's run it back at the end of the month because then whatever, who cares? Anyway, let's talk about uh, a match that we've seen a lot, but it's still going to be really enjoyable. Uh, Usos Street Profits for the Undisputed Tag Titles. We're still not really sure about this. I've read somewhere that uh, the match on Raw means that someone gets to pick a stipulation for this match. I don't know if that's the case or not. Uso Street Profits. Is it's happened a lot. It's going to be a lot of spots we've seen before. But who leaves as undisputed tag champs for usage? Uh, the Usos. They're not losing those belts while Roman still has that title. I don't think. How many friggin' times can you do? You've let down the family. I thought you were main event, Jay. Uh, how, many, how many times? How many times? Um, I don't think the Street Profits are going to win. It feels like if they are going to switch the titles off the Usos, it would be at a SummerSlam yes. or a stadium sure, or something. I just feel like this is a placeholder. And um, if you look at the story as well, it's just, oh, let's just do tags. Let's just do singles. Let's just do singles. It's fucking so boring. This is one of the matches that's going to make me feel cruel. Because, um, you know, I'm going to watch it. I'm sat there, dead-eyed like a shark. Very casually, very almost callous. Oh, yeah, you're bumping. Oh, you're doing some like incredibly amazing athletic feats, particularly in the case of Montez Ford. And I'm just going to be like, oh, I've seen it. Mm. I've seen it one million times. I've seen various um, iterations of these four men wrestling with each other for what feels like eight years. The way they do the television makes me want to never watch it ever again, <laughs> even if I'm being paid to do it. This will be like three and three quarter, maybe even four star nominally. No, uh, no emotional engagement. Absolutely no whatsoever. They've done nothing. They never do anything to make me interested, ever. And I see. I feel like I've watched this match or echoes of it for five years. Usos will win something that will get praised on the night and never remembered because they haven't done a goddamn thing to make the actual story, which is the most important bit, memorable. I say, out of all the four championship matches. This is the one I think there's most likely to be a title change in, but only with the caveat of them probably flipping it back maybe at SummerSlam. So you've got that visual at the end of the uh, at the end of the show, perhaps. You could do a tornado step. Yeah. Like Montes Ford is is just ridiculous what he can do. Um he'd be a you know a strong contender for a money in the bank spot. Uh, yeah, know, he should be in singles already. Like they need they don't this is the thing, it's so Difficult to talk about. They don't need this company to do a goddamn thing. For whatever reason, they can churn out the same repetitive rubbish. They can release so many stars. They can disgrace themselves in the public eye by doing disgraceful things. They can return to the part-timers over and over again. And people say, oh, they need to do this. They don't need to do a goddamn thing. It would be nice if Montez Ford was already embarking on a huge singles run. He's had this potential... People, like, for at least a year, at least a year, people have been saying it's him, it's him, it's him. Make make it him, make it him. Very cool, great in the ring, gets great reaction every single time. He's young, um, really handsome, um, got banter, getting really bigger engaging, as well now, getting bigger. Like, it should be him. It absolutely should be him. 
Um, but he's not. He's, he's just in a terminal loop with the Usos in tag matches. And they have the same match every goddamn time as well. It's a good match, but mm. they have the same one every single time. I think there What's might next? there might be a title change, but I'm more inclined probably to agree with you that I think maybe via shenanigans, who knows, the Usos may well retain it. But if there is going to be a title change on the night, it's that one. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Let's talk about the final title match, though. Uh, that being the US title match, which is kind of weird because if you look at like the tail of the tape, you'd go, well, obviously, your challenger's going to win this one because it's Bobby Bloody Lashley challenging theory. But I think maybe if I didn't see where we were maybe heading SummerSlam, I'd be saying, well, Lashley wins. But there is a big specter on the horizon yes. for theory, which is going to be great. And that is probably John Cena at SummerSlam. So does that mean you think Theory retains? Does John Cena show up? I don't think Cena shows up unless he's advertised. Um, to be fair to him, like he was very willing to do every single SmackDown when he was building the feud with Roman. Like, he was there all the time. He was doing house shows and everything, which is like more than a lot of part-timers have done. And Jesus Christ, if anyone has earned a part-time schedule. Yes. Not that I really give a toss about goddamn part-timers or ruining Everyone push. <laughs> don't, I, I don't give a toss because it's not like, what, 2014 at this point? Jesus Christ, get over it. You might. You might is what I'm saying. This is funny. Again, it's one of those where if you weren't on the inside and on the bubble, you'd possibly go into it. So maybe there's a little bit of an unfair um, 
maybe it's an unfair slant on things to go, oh, well, I've read a, an, an insider report that confirms that John Cena is going to work theory at SummerSlam, so I kind of know that theory is going to be kept strong, and maybe it does get in the way sometimes. Maybe if you didn't have such an unhappy talent roster, right, willing to just give away scoops because the company's terrible, maybe you wouldn't have quite so many leaks. Everything, everything circles back to how terrible this company is. <laughs> I, absolutely everything. Um, I don't know what the main event of All Out's going to be. No. We th- I, th- I we could speculate. It's probably going to be I Bucks could, I, versus FTR. Yeah, I knew what the main event of Double or Nothing was going to be because what they had done was they'd put CM Punk on an absolutely massive winning streak and he won his big grudge program that was against a very strong kayfabe character or like character in the fiction. So I, I knew what it was going to be. So you can either tell because it makes sense or you can't because no one leaks stuff usually in that company. I don't know where I'm going with this. I just hate this company so much. I'm actually thinking this match could be quite entertaining. Yeah. Like, Bobby Lashley wrecking Austin Theory with his horrible, smarmy, entitled face could be great. I want to see his back destroyed against the apron. I want to see him thrown out of the ring onto his back. He's a young guy. He's the only young guy they've got. Like, just hurt his back. Make Lashley kill him in a lot of entertaining (coughs) ways. Um, if Austin Theory can do nothing else, right, he can do little th- things with his face, his expressive face, and a shock, like, when he gets, when he has to react to no one being there for the selfie. He's got a big, stupid, animated face, and it, as long as it's the rest of his body's in pain, he can convey that well with his face, and it might not be too dismal. You think he retains, though? With some kind of terrible finish. I have that for you right, right here, sir. As a Down where? Right here! Down there, sorry. Um, two things. Yeah. One I've stolen from AEW. That's fine. Might, might make it good. Mm, I wouldn't be. Sorry. What's been one of the key physical uh, components in this feud? I'll tell you. A phone. Ba- baby oil. The phone's coming later. Don't worry. And what is Bobby Lashley's submission? The hurt. Going to go Nakazawa. There you go. I think uh, he's going to get him. Theory's going to have got got a bottle to squirt him in the eyes or whatever. And maybe he gets the visual submission or maybe he just gets put in the hurt lock. But your arms are up above your head, if I'm right in thinking, when you're in the hurt lock. Perfect position to squeeze some baby on yourself and wriggle yourself free from the hurt lock. I'm thinking shenanigans in this match, like you say, because on paper, Bobby Lashley kills Theory. He beat Theory in a flipping... He won a gauntlet, didn't he? He beat, like, Chad and Otis and blah, blah, blah. Big, strong man can't lose. That's Vince's thing. It's exactly. Some bollocks. So, that gets him out of the hurt lock. That doesn't get him the victory, Michael Sidgwick. What gets him the victory? And you may remember, I teased this on the Raw review uh, earlier on this week because it popped into my head, and you know what I'm like with booking finishers. So... What, a clown? Absolutely. But, for once, applicable here. So, Bobby Lashley, like you say, dominates... Gets him in the hurt lock, wriggles out of it, and he gets his phone, does does theory. Referee is, I don't know, down. Maybe he got the baby all in the eyes or something, but he doesn't see it. But you remember, um, remember at Mania this year where inexplicably when Drew McIntyre cut the ropes, a sound effect played at the same time. Yeah. So, a bit like that. Theory gets his phone, goes to take a selfie... <laughs> 
and the flash is so bright that it blinds Bobby Lashley so he can get an hit with the finisher or rolled up in one, two, three. Oh my God, that could actually happen. And there you go, and then he's there going, look at me, I'm so bloody good. And then that's, I dropped John Cena's music, I'd, I'd have him show up because you've only got like three, four weeks until, until uh, SummerSlam. Yeah, I'll feel longer. <laughs> yeah, granted. But um, yeah, I believe Theory retains as well. Yeah. Should we get to the Money in the Bank ladder matches? Yeah. The main thing on this show. Let's start with the women's. Uh, Lacey Evans, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, Asuka, Shotzi, Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch obviously had been on this downward spiral and now she feels finally like she's heading back to the big time. She's heading back to the title picture. Is she going to be Mrs. Money in the Bank? Michael Sidgwick. Probably not. No. No. <laughs> no. Uh, look, if the idea is they want to do Rousey Becky Lynch, they'll surely realize maybe maybe they won't that Rousey should turn heel. This babyface character is terrible. They have to pipe in crowd reactions like ha 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 dot wav when people are just absolutely looking, <laughs> just completely bored by her terrible, terrible material. Um, so hopefully they realize look, just run back the man versus Ronda. It'd be incredibly tedious, in my opinion, at this point. Like, there's not this great mythology that everyone thinks it does. I honestly think they'll struggle to sell it, but I think that's the only way they've got of approaching this. Um, so Becky, everything circles back to how rubbish WWE is. I was going to say, it would be bad if she turned babyface with a cash in and defended the title against Ronda or something, but they think it's a babyface attribute because they're such an unpleasant company. They can't see the goodness in anyone. Yeah. Um, who's in it? Lacey Evans, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, Asuka, Shotzi, and Becky. I think they'll give it to Liv because, again, they don't recognize that kind of entitled bitch promos are actually insufferable. They don't get this. And Liv Morgan kind of has this character of, like, she's been trying hard for so long and she's kind of a confused youth and she's just finding herself... Um, her having the briefcase, she can talk a lot of bollocks about having it. I feel like it suits her character. Like, this is validation for, oh, I don't even know what the character is. But they like her a bit. And I can see her cashing in and pretending it's like this really great career triumph mm -hmm. when really it's just a heel move. Mm. So I think Liv Morgan will win it. I'll be absolutely less cynical about the match. I'm kind of I'm more terrified about this than Bloody Guts because it's Shotzi in a ladder match. Like, she could do something horrific to herself in this match. And I'm very scared about her inclusion in it. But nonetheless, it will be exciting. It will be dramatic. Um, even if you don't really want to feel those ways, uh, it will just she will drag it out of you by how close she comes to the sun. Um, I worry about Lacey Evans in this match because this is a performer who leaned forward with her bicep when she's about to take Charlotte Flair's chop. It's like, come on. Where else do you think it's going to be? Mm -hmm. It's going to be a chop to your chest. <laughs> right. I don't know why you're not just... Uh, so she's basically not very good in singles matches. A very complicated uh, ladder match that is dangerous and has lots of moving parts and a lot to remember and requires very good positional skill. Could fall apart depending on what she's doing in it. Um, but, you know, Asuka and Becky Lynch should be masters at this match. Um, so it should be wildly uneven but incredibly exciting um, messy. Let's talk about the men's. <laughs> well, I'm going to run through my picks for this because I genuinely think you can make an argument for every single woman winning this. And I mean every single. Lacey Evans, they like. They like Lacey Evans right now. They've 
Not really sure if she's a babyface or a heel or which show she's meant to be on. Where was she last seen on telly? She was on SmackDown recently. She oh, was I do watch that. She was hanging with Raquel Rodriguez. Again, who else is, is someone who they clearly quite like? Um, I don't think so. either of them. Uh, do I think Lacey Evans wins? I think Lacey Evans got more of a chance of winning than Raquel Rodriguez. But they like both of them. They're doing well. There's always that possibility. Alexa Bliss has history with Money in the Bank, of course. And I think it could be argued that you could utilize something like Money in the Bank to get her character kind of back on track because she's just sort of there right now. And maybe, I don't know what the situation with her contract is, and I know some people have been speculating about her potentially leaving WWE. Well, if you want to keep get a stick around, you say, we'll give you the briefcase, we'll give you another title, on, blah, 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 uh, Alexa. Yeah. You know, at the moment, it's just Lily, but it's not really, it's not the old characters used to be. Liv Morgan, I think, is a good shout. Liv Morgan's certainly one of those, a bit in the in the same vein as sort of a big E. A big, it'd be a crowd-pleasing win, that would. And then they'd sort of go, we'll work out how on earth they're going to make a babyface cash-in work further down the line. I mentioned Raquel Rodriguez. Becky Lynch isn't going to get it because I think I'm leaning towards Asuka the more I get through this. Shotzi, the reason why I don't dismiss Shotzi, I think she's going to do some bonkers spots in it, of course. But also, Nikki A.S.H. won it last year, so anything's possible. And that's nothing on Nikki Cross as a, Nikki Cross as a wrestler. It's about the fact that they just suddenly go, uh, that one. Like, they care more about the Royal Rumble win, and even that's you know, half arsed a lot of the yeah. time. This one, they just go, give it so-and-so, and either we'll work out how they're going to cash it in down the line, or we'll just make them put it on the line and drop it to the Miz or something. So there's even a possibility. It's a slim one, but there is a possibility of Shotzi. I think Becky Lynch is going to hand her, have her hands on the briefcase and Asuka's going to cost her. I don't know whether Asuka's going to win, but I think that's, that's where I've ended up. I didn't really have a choice at the beginning of this rant, ramble. But I'm going to go with Asuka, because, especially because she's won it before, but she hasn't really won it before because she just got the title before because obviously Becky uh, just was, was leaving. I admire deeply the tone and the enthusiasm you can bring to a WWE preview. There's, some, there's something about this that magic's still there for me. Will I have it when we get round to the Royal Rumble preview? Wait and see. Ah, Cody's coming back. Yeah, I'll be buzzed for that, yeah. bollocks. Uh, right, and talk about the men's match then. TBD we'll discuss in a second. Seth freaking wrong. I think you make an argument for just about anyone other than Omos winning this one as well. Seth freaking Rollins. There's a great story there. Roman's champion. You've got the specter of Cody. You've got the potential of Seth Cody at WrestleMania, as I've seen some people talking about. Drew McIntyre is an obvious one. He's probably my... What's the Which way around does it work? Head's not heart pick, Drew, because the whole thing he was talking about on SmackDown last week is, Roman's been ducking me. Roman don't want to fight this, right? So, how do you get a title match at Clash at the Castle? This wrestler thinks that Roman Reigns exactly. is ducking him. How do you get a title match at Clash at the Castle? You call your shot, RVD style. We're going to be in my hometown. Well, it's not really. It's not even my home country, but, you know. It's close to, to it. WWE is basically all the same. Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, it's yeah. Sheamus. They always like Sheamus. I don't think he's going to win, but he's one of those where they go, if we need a heel to win, we'll give it Sheamus. If he climbs, I won't stop paying attention. Put it that <laughs> yes, way. exactly. Almost, he's not going to win, but he is going to probably have some mad spot where he picks someone up, maybe Sami Zayn, to slam them, and they're so bloody close that they can pretty much grab the briefcase, as is Riddle. There's a story there, obviously, and there's speculation about, you know, maybe he cashes in when they do the Randy Orton match with Roman. Who knows? TBD, it could be fucking Brock Lesnar. It could be Kevin Owens. It could be Elrod. It could be Ezekiel, whoever it is. 
There's that. But you know, I've called this from, I think, Money in the Bank 2021 till now. There's a pasty bet. It's the final pasty bet currently on in the What Culture office between me and Phil Chambers. My pick, my choice, my guy to be Mr. Money in the Bank. And I say this every year, and this is the closest we've been ever, is Sami Zayn. Oh, I, I. I'd like to see it, but it's not going to happen. Um, it's going to be a really good, great, great match for all the reasons I outlined earlier in the podcast. I'll very quickly sign off by um, giving me my three picks. Seth Freakin Rollins is a boring choice. He doesn't really need the briefcase to get put into a main event picture. Yeah, because he didn't. He did. He lost, but he didn't lose against Roman last time he fought. Yeah, him. but maybe he should be rewarded for an absolute stellar. Actually, if he lost, he probably got the DQ win. But it doesn't matter. Sorry, a stellar twenty twenty one. He's had. Perhaps he, he should be rewarded for it. There are various links and pathways in terms of decent stories um, with him holding the briefcase, as you mentioned. Um, Matt Riddle, his match with Roman Reigns was very critically acclaimed. It got a very, very good number, and it kind of gets away from the ridiculous booking corner they've booked themselves into by him being unable to challenge Roman because, oh, actually, him challenging Roman did a really good number, and he's really over. So this could be potentially a way out via the briefcase. Um, or Drew, because he can do the RVD thing. Basically, I was repeating everything you've just said. Mm. If I had to bet money on this... Or pasty. Or a pasty. Maybe we could. Make this more interesting. I'm going to go with Seth freaking Rollins. Ooh. Do you know what? If they, I tell you what. If I think this is going to be the main event, obviously. But if they started with the men's money in the bank and Seth freaking Rollins won, I'd change my opinion. I think Becky Lynch is going to win because then they'll do Mr. and Mrs. Money in the Bank. I don't, they, think, I don't think they want to work together again on screen. Oh, yeah, but that's not the decision. So No, I think they're actually, I think they've got a few performers now because there's so few people who are over. Oh, granted, yeah. I think they've got a few that have got them by the walls. I'm intrigued by TBD. Like Seth Rollins, if you remember, at the 2020 Survivor Series, just outright refused to do a spot with Matt Riddle. <laughs> yeah. Outright refused. He said, like, I don't care what you do. I'll get eliminated first. I know the relationship's been repaired. I was going to say, they said, I'd never work with him again. So we look forward to them. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've done spots and various yeah. other matches. So I think, like, I think Riddle apologized. Yeah. But at that time, Seth Rollins was just like, nah, fair play to him. Absolutely fair play to him. Um, also worked quite nicely for his character at the time, didn't he? He just sort of sacrificed himself. Yeah, when he's doing that bollocks. <laughs> so like, Seth and Becky do hold a position of power and they just hated working together, so I just can't see it happening. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> right, let's wrap this thing up. Let us know your picks, uh, whether you think titles are going to change, who you think is going to go home as Mr. and Mrs. Money in the Bank on Saturday night. On Twitter, at WhatCultureWWE. Watch, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. The Dynamite review that we did earlier on today is available right now. And our review of this show, which is probably going to go out on either Sunday or Monday. Uh, it's not my problem. I'm not here. Uh, that will be dropping into your feed as soon as it is released. But enjoy Money in the Bank on Saturday night. Uh, this has been the preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, 
a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.